Thank you for downloading my podcast, Therapist Talking Therapy. My name is Martin Weaver. In this episode, I'm joined by Ike Odina, and we'll be talking about what is our job, how we define what it is that we do. I last spoke to Ike in July 2020, when he joined myself and my colleague Nicholas Rose to talk about practice culture and Black Lives Matter. In July 2020, Ike introduced himself by saying he didn't like labels. But for those of you who haven't heard that episode, let me just sketch out Ike by saying he's a British-born Nigerian man, a husband and father, self-described as middle class. Professionally, he works as a psychotherapist, a supervisor and a college trainer in existential psychotherapy. So here we are. It's been 18 months or so, 16 months since we did our last podcast on Black Lives Matter, you know, and mm. the world still continues, you know. Yep. Things still happen. The injustice is still there in, in different guises, as it were. Still mm. there. Yeah, at the moment, it's more, I guess, as we're talking, it's more about immigrants, people fleeing from places that probably you and I might not even be able to to understand, mm. Mm. willing to risk their lives to come here. Yeah, you know, and I was having this discussion with a few other people as well, and, you know, it comes down to, well, it doesn't come down to, but it's all up in the air, but, you know, you start to think, why here, you know, um, but then you go back in history and everybody has had some sort of dealings with someone else. Hmm. Uh, and so that's the link, you know, you know, I'll go to England, I'll go to America because someone way back, whether a hundred years ago, 50 years ago, they've had some link. And, and that's the, that's the reason why um, people choose to, to make that, you know, you and I sit here in the comfort of our homes here and we think, hmm. why on earth would you leave your home soil, you know, treacherous waters, <laughs> and venture it's just crazy well but yeah, yes and no mm, <laughs> it's not so much why are they coming here the more question is what are they actually trying to get away from why, Indeed. how is this a better place to be as a survival strategy yeah 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 um, yeah they're thinking about i suppose too much <laughs> and if we have clients like that who show up in our therapy rooms, where do we start in terms of working with them? Well, that <coughs> brings me. us nicely around to, you know, what is our job? Mm. Um, a couple mm. of things have happened recently. I've been involved in the audit from UKCP that I've spoken about elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And there was that programme on BBC about the regulation of psychotherapists, which got me to yeah. thinking and talking to you, given your yeah. lecturer, given that you actually teach people this stuff. Mm, yeah. I spoke to you initially and I said, you know, what is our job? And, and you asked the question about, are we simply fixers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and the whole thing about objectivity came up, didn't it? Yeah. Um, what is our job? And obviously pondering on that since we talked about it, couldn't help 
thinking of us, you know, like modern day priests where people come along and give their confessionals, as it were, you know, you know, the, the scripture about um, confess your sins one to another, as it were. Mm. Um, and so with, with that in mind, you know, you think clients come to us for a better understanding mm-hmm. of who they are, where they are, what they are, how they are. Mm-hmm. Um, probably why they are as well. So, yeah. you know, it's that lovely, you know, who, what, why, where, how. And so um, they come for a better understanding of that. And um, I guess fresh perspective, which kind of takes us, segues us into that, are we objective? Well, we would, Sorry, yeah, go ahead. I would say, do we need to be? That's the, and that's where because if we you know if we agree to work with the person by default, we have bought into their desire to find a different way or, or understand themselves. That's one, but pursue maybe a chosen a new chosen path, as it were. I mean, we might ask the challenging questions, but as part of our guidelines, we don't advise people one way or the other. But I guess by sitting in the room, you know, we are entertaining that person's, you know, unless it's, as we know, um, going to harm some themselves or someone else. But we don't know tomorrow, do we? So what looks like something wonderful today might pan out to something not so wonderful tomorrow. And the, the equal argument is that what seems dreadful today, someone talking about suicide, might not be dreadful tomorrow. Yeah. And so we deal with that uncertainty. Mm. Mm. With our clients, exactly. Well, and with ourselves. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Here we are. How long have you been working as a therapist? Quarter of a century. <laughs> and me, 20 years. And here we are talking about what do we what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do we describe it? Yeah. How do you and I, I guess, teach it? Which is perhaps a later question, and a further question: How do we measure that? Which is what regulation is about. So we need to come right back to the beginning and say, what, what is it? Yep. What are we doing? What are we doing? And you talked earlier on about being priests and as an as an ex Catholic. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> What do you mean by that? Because some clients have said over the years, Martin, they said, I feel like I'm coming here to kind of get absolution or to confession. And so it's maybe it's about not what is our job, but what is our what are our jobs? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And that might that might differ for different clients. Mm-hmm. yeah and as I'm that, thinking about that there's something about how we then because your question about can we be completely objective is what you actually asked that's what I asked wasn't it yeah <laughs> have you got caught up in the kind of scientific absolutism as it were yeah Mm. To, to boil this down, to focus this down to a questionnaire or to mm. a, empiricism, you know, and all that. Uh, it's we can't because we're dealing with people, isn't it? 
Well, yes, we are, but forgive me, that sounds like a kind of magic statement. Yes, we are dealing with people. Mm -hmm. So it's a complex system. Mm -hmm. So in which case there is some reductionism that has to happen. If we're working to some sort of common objective, as it were, then we mm. can say, you know, we're, you know, the, the both parties in the room, as it were, going towards a certain goal. Yeah. Okay. Then it then it makes it easier yeah, to measure. Um, but this is, um, I guess, at the beginning of therapy. Mm -hmm. Do you know, the more you think about it, the beginning of therapy is, is, is probably the safest <laughs> point, you know, because, um, because you, know what you're, you know what you're bringing and you hear the client for the first time, mm -hmm. and you, you can either at that point say, yes, we can work together or not. You know, um, but the moment you you say yes and the client says yes, really, it's 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 open season, really, isn't it? Because you don't know what that client's going to bring, and they have no idea what your response might be. Mm -hmm. um, and though you might set things in place in the early stages in terms of your working alliance and you're working towards you agree, you know, where you might be going in general. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the client, in a way, is in the driving seat. And so they might come four weeks later and take you on some other journey. And this is where that question about objectivity came in. Because do you, if you were not being objective, if you were being, sorry, if you were being objective completely, yeah. you'd just follow that client wherever they're going, wouldn't you? But I, you see, this is where it gets. <laughs> but... If you, if you, you know, if you're saying we're working to where to this goal that we have both agreed, or this general area, to, you know, where we've agreed, mm. then you're going to start steering the client by asking that question: How does that fit in with what we agreed? Objectivity. Uh, <laughs> what does the good old Oxford dictionary say? <laughs> you got Webster's or the Oxford dictionary? <laughs> well. Because you're talking there about being completely objective. <laughs> then it's about, does that mean you're standing outside of the system? We kind, of set, ourselves, we kind yeah. of set ourselves up to do that, or to try to do that, don't we? Free from bias. Free from bias. So I've got a broader perspective because I'm not involved in the client's system. Uh -huh. I haven't got what was recently called skin in the game. You know, it doesn't really matter to me whether my mm -hmm. people stay together, whether my client reports the abuse to the police or whether they forgive themselves or somebody else. Ultimately, it doesn't really affect me. So I question... The more you get to know the client... Yeah. You become... You become you, you, because there's now a, not a vested interest, but you have, on some levels, an emotional um, connection with this client. Mm. 
you understand this client a bit better. And it's all based on what they've told you. Yeah. Because it's only that hour that you have and you're making all your interventions, conjecture, and so on. And so based on the one hour that you have with this client. Um, but the more you get to know each client based on what they've said, you are buying more and more into their way of being, aren't you? Well, you're accepting the boundaries, the rules, the beliefs that they are living by. So one could argue that the, <laughs> the noose gets tighter in the sense the freedom gets less because of the relationships and the beliefs. And, the, mm -hmm. and part of our role is that whole, if not unloosening of that, of the, the, the providing of, 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 of options from my, my perspective, choices, not just, oh, you could do this, that or the other, but resourcing the client so that these choices then become meaningful and they understand the consequences. And maybe that hour is the only time in, in the week or the month or maybe the only time they ever have to think about the different possibilities and the consequences. So would you say this is where we become biased? Well, we are biased from the outset <laughs> and we need to acknowledge that for ourselves. That might be a that might be a better way. I think yeah. I, I said in a previous podcast I'm a white, middle class, able-bodied, cisgendered, male, gay male, you know, there's all those sorts of things that mm. are part of my subjective experience. And here you are, we started talking about people moving from one country to ours. Mm. And you're saying, you know, why do they do that? Well, that that's a kind of judgment, isn't it? That's you're being less than objective there because if you were objective you say i need to go and find out mm. yeah I know that but that's based on of course that's based on my you know of course my bias you know why considering all the things you'd have to you know and i've jumped is it worth it and so on you know all that sort of thing but yes there's a judgment there isn't there and if you were an ist sexist racist any ist you want to put in that mm -hmm. then you would claim not your biases because you claim that as your truth. And therefore you'd be measuring the other against your truth and judging the other against your truth. And therefore you wouldn't be free from bias. They wouldn't even acknowledge there was bias. If only they pulled their socks up, worked harder, worked within the system, then they'd be quite happy. Hmm. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. If only you'd stop thinking about being black, for heaven's sake. And just get on with it. Just get on with it. Yeah, absolutely. If only you'd stop thinking about, you know, you're not as rich as anybody else and just mm -hmm. accepted where you are. <laughs> that would be biased, wouldn't it? Interesting. Part of, our, part of our training is to say, but you are black and I am white. Yeah, I was born in Guildford, you were born in Nigeria. There's a whole different cultural setup there. And without making negative judgments, to put those on the table. I was actually, I was actually born in England, if you, you remember. <laughs> oh, no, I but I spent ages out there, yeah. That's what I remember, yeah. That's what, <laughs> yeah. So, 
you know, even saying that, that's a that's a brilliant um, example there because compared to people who uh, were born in Nigeria, yeah, we might have different. We probably definitely would have different views. Yeah, and um, both be black, mm. both be Nigerian, but the fact that I have a different upbringing than them, that, that will be seen as you know. Uh, well, but yeah, that, but that's the whole point, isn't it? Mm, for yeah. us as therapists, it would be seen as different, whereas yeah. for others, it might not be seen as different. Mm. So, can we lock up our biases? No, and I don't think we should. I, I think I, I'm, I agree with you. So, I agree with you. So, part of what our job is is to acknowledge our own place and position from the very beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember being asked a question or, or the question being thrown out there. Um, do we have an agenda? And it's very much along the same lines, isn't it? Mm. Um, and it, it's, you know, you just think, goodness, do we have an agenda? And, you know, the guys chewed on that for a little while. Was there any... Uh development of what we meant by agenda it was in terms of you know clients it was this whole thing about you know that our textbooks would say oh it's trying to be objective you know it's be a blank slate be this and and we were looking at the practicality of that in the room with the client Hmm. and it just didn't didn't work and that's that's the that's the bottom line. It, it, you know, as we said, the client comes to you as a first of all as a fellow human being. Yeah. You know, as a fellow human being, that's the commonality, isn't it? You are a human being like me. You are imperfect. Okay, you set some things in place. Um, this session is for you. It's not about me. It's about you. So as much as possible, we'll try and keep it to you. But. This is, you know, and this is where the first session, you know, this is who I am. This, you might, I always say to clients, the first session, what made you pick me? Have you run other client um, practitioners? Why do you settle with with me? And you hear their views, you know. Um, And so coming back to that whole thing about do we have an agenda? It's an interesting one because it all comes down to this sense of bias, isn't it? Mm. So, but if we think, from my perspective, that all life is subjective, the question is not, do we have an agenda, but what is the agenda? Is the agenda. And how useful is that? Is it useful for a client to come in who's in distress, mm-hmm. and my agenda to be, I want this client to be not in distress, to be in comfort or contentment? And the I guess this is, yeah, I, and I, this is, I guess this is where our guidelines come in, isn't it? Because they help us to, I, the more you think about it, the guidelines are simply guidelines, aren't they? They're not set in stone. Um, and what are they guiding? Well, I think it's this very same thing, isn't it? Um, like, this is a great example you gave where, you know, a client comes in distressed. Now, it sounds fair that they've come to you to, to be relieved of that distress. 
or be other than distressed. <laughs> well, you know, and so if you if you if your agenda is to work with that client to be relieved of that stress, mm -hmm. that's a fair objective, isn't it? I would think so as a starting point. As a starting point, okay. Um, and this is where our guidelines come in. As long as you don't harm the client and and, and all the other, you know. Mm. But that then brings into issue the issue or what went into conversation the issue of risk. Well, because I don't want to harm the client, but maybe there are questions or areas of their lives that we need to explore mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. are uncomfortable or even painful. Maybe the client needs to realise it wasn't their fault or it was their fault or they are responsible or they're not responsible. And that whole shift of that, their own subjective reality. Mm. Maybe this is what our training programme should be. Can you teach risk? <laughs> I have been taught ideas about risk. <laughs> yeah. What we think is risky, how we identify risk. Yeah. Which, what risks are we willing to take? I often say that our clients take a huge risk in coming to see us. What risk right. as practitioners are we willing to take? Yeah. To ask the question that, that's uncomfortable. That's it. And that, that's it. And some of my... Maybe... So some of my students say, they may have said this to you, they said, oh, I couldn't possibly ask that question. That's far too uncomfortable. And I said, well, that's the job. If that's what your client needs, it doesn't matter whether you don't like it or don't like it. Mm. If that's what the client needs, what are you going to do? Mm. So teaching risk is like practicing that. Yeah. And, you know, you think of, you think of other professions, um, doctors, lawyers, Mm -hmm. And it, it almost comes second nature to ask those difficult questions. And they, they, you know, they put it under fact finding. <laughs> you know, uh, but they need that those facts to to make a case, as it were. And lawyers, especially, get really upset. You left out that fact, you know, because you made me look like an idiot on the stand, and so on and so forth. But you left out an important piece of information. Um, Maybe that's where the difference is that. If we were to speak to them, I wonder how connected they are to their clients. You talked about investment in the client. How do you get to know mm. the client? Mm. So maybe we don't teach our students enough to, yes, to make that connection and yeah. then to step back from it. Mm. I always think of that pendulum of the grandfather clock, isn't it? Yeah. To connect and then disconnect. Mm regularly yeah regularly and by that process we can grow and learn what our biases are what our clients biases are and bring those mm. in a gestalt kind of way into the fore. into the fore exactly yeah. yeah so maybe our job is to ask the difficult questions indeed 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 was it was it said you know they sent a man he said um What's he said about um, the uh, ask ask the impertinent question, and you're on your way to the pertinent answer. So ask a bold question, and you're on your way 
to a really useful answer, a focused answer. Mm. Yeah. And impertinence mm. is such an English kind of word, isn't it? Yes, it's almost bordering on rude, you know. Yeah. And, uh, how yeah. dare you, you know? But uh, but it needs to be asked, doesn't it? Yeah. And I guess this is where the skill, you know, how you ask the question comes in. You yeah. Know? And that connection to the client and that agenda, if you like, and I guess it needs to be a shared agenda and regularly reviewed. And sometimes I say to my clients, you know, we're deep in an issue and, I'm, and I have to come back, pull myself back and say, well, is this a problem? Is this how we want to spend our time? Are we going in the right direction? Mm. Mm. That's an interesting one. Has uh, our agenda diverted or diverged? Yeah. Is what I want for you what you want for you? I guess this is where good supervision comes in, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And somehow, I recently asked a couple why they were married, why they got married. Yeah. And gave them a week to think about it. Um, now, I just wonder. If this was at the beginning of my career, would I have asked that question? And what would have stopped you? Hmm. Um, need for hours. Oh my God, my, my, you know, will they come back? And, you know, all those, yeah. Hmm. Or us. Don't think I mean gave it some thought, you know, the necessary well, I say necessary amount of thought, but it 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 was a question that needed to be asked. Mm. And it was the first thing we addressed the moment they, you know, next next session. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this, we've thought about this, and this is our answer. Mm, okay. Okay. And then my next question was, okay, where do you want to go from here? Yeah. Um, so are you able to describe what your intent was and what you were doing in that process? Very existentially, get them to take responsibility for the position they found themselves in. And to take responsibility, they had to understand or bring into the foreground or make explicit, not only yeah. the decision they've made yeah. and the reasons behind it. So that was that was the rationale behind that, and just to give them some time to actually think about everything. You know, is this the way they want to continue? Yeah. yeah. So it is, in a sense, perhaps part of our job is to bring clients out of their subjectivity, maybe into our subjectivity, in order to get a, a different shape to themselves? I would very much agree to that. You know, it's 
because they see it either. very often clients you know you get that impression that they're the only ones going through this well that that's true and yeah I'm, i guess i'm thinking it's more a case of about i think it's a um an old philosophical question bertrand russell spoke about you know when you're in the system it's difficult to, to think about the system hmm. and we have a kind of fudge if you like where we imagine or believe that we can step outside the system and we can reflect our clients back to themselves mm. rather like in supervision or in our own therapy mm. i don't know if you remember when, when a supervisor or, or a therapist has said well you know you know like it seems to me it's more like this than that mm. and because you've been so locked into this you can't see that yeah yeah when you do notice and see that everything kind of shifts yeah and maybe that's what our job is and maybe that's that sense of objectivity that we were talking about isn't it that constant movement so our roles are very dynamic you're in mm. the client's world and you're back out oh yeah in uh, in uh, my training uh, we kept talking about um, outcomes in the first couple of years i guess and they were very kind of seemed to be very kind of fixed you were doing one thing but then it occurs to me and I often say to my supervisees and trainees an outcome can last 10 minutes five minutes mm. because as soon as you identify the outcome the whole system changes anyway and the outcome you started off with at the beginning of the session might very well not be the outcome you arrive at the end of the session um, I don't know how you I can't remember rather how you prepare to give your clients but I ask my clients before they turn up, you know, what do you want? And get them to, or ask them to jot down some ideas. Yeah. And then we'll reflect back on that. And sometimes at the end of the first session, they'll say, oh, really? None of that seems relevant now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, <laughs> and we're on, to, we're on to the next bit. Yeah. It's almost like consequences having their own consequences, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, and you mentioned a minute ago about us being dynamic. And part of our role, part of our job, I guess, is not only to, <laughs> to stoke that dynamism, but to be willing to hold it. Not necessarily to control it or direct it, mm. but simply to hold the process. Yeah, is our management bit isn't it Mm. and not to be afraid of it and if we are aware of our own biases then we know where when the client says something and sometimes i'll say to myself is that my stuff or is that the client stuff Mm -hmm. and park my stuff and that's part of our training how to do that okay and then be with the client again in order I would say to give that different degree of subjectivity, you might call it being objective, mm. because we're feeding back to the client. Yeah, it's all degrees, isn't it? Yeah, and how you measure that is anyone's guess. <laughs> ah, yes. Um, earlier on, you said it's a bold move, you know, a very courageous move of our clients to show up for therapy. Mm. 
um, I guess in the in if you're taking a very long term approach, you, you could look at every every session as measurement, really. The fact they turn up at all. You mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you consider having asked a impertinent question um, and they show up the next session, even if they're angry with you, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you know, and at some point in that session, they let rip at you. And, you know, as a therapist, you are just leaping for joy on the inside because they've shown up, but they've also had the courage to let you know exactly how they feel about this. Yeah. Um, it's difficult to quantify that sort of progress, but you can certainly qualify it. Mm. And how do you teach that kind of progress? <laughs> <laughs> well, indeed, indeed. Um, but, you know, you talked about holding and managing and not being afraid. Yeah. And I think if your client can see that, that you can ask that pertinent question, you can challenge them and still remain there with them. Having said right at the very, very beginning, you will do this and your part of your role is to stay with them. Mm -hmm. You're not running away, you're not going anywhere. You, you know, you, you, you're here. And I think if once they see that and there's a consistency, might sound cliche, but they feel safe with you, safe mm -hmm. and secure in order to explore those uncomfortable things and so maybe part of our our job when we get there part of our learning is the willingness and the let's say experience the, the practice if you like of of coping with that stress of coping with that disturbance yeah I prefer the word practice out. yeah i prefer the word practice because you know it's something we Yes, we get better at it, but we're still practicing, isn't it? You know? well, yes, we are. <clears throat> and to get where we are, you know, 45 years together, at <laughs> our experience together, whatever, mm -hmm. there's something about, it's a dynamic process. It's not something you can learn from a book. Yeah. It is yeah. about in the moment. It's almost like, I suppose, maybe it's not so much a training, more of an apprenticeship. Yeah. Yeah. But, there's an amount of theory to learn, an amount of language to learn, mm -hmm. but most importantly, it's experiential. Yeah, yeah. Get that doing. Yeah, it's the doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, I often ask. I often ask. It, it may. It may just be there as a provocative question. I often ask supervisees when they. Plans are going to private practice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I go even further. I just look at them and say, are you a therapist? Move particularly, and they go, oh, um, um, are you a therapist? Yes or no? One, if we were new in, in the profession, um, you had a client and somebody walked into the room, you know, it's not the end of the world, is it? Yeah. You would find a way, you know, it, it's real life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you would find, as you say, you find a way of dealing with it. You would ask your client how they feel. Yeah. Are they still okay? And so on and so forth. Most people are quite robust, aren't they? 
Well, yes. So, yeah. And one of the questions, one of the words I wrote down earlier on was trust. And that's not only just trust in the process, but trust in ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And the willingness to engage in really whatever happens. Yeah. And although we have an investment that you pointed out at the beginning of this conversation in our clients getting better, mm-hmm. healing better, then it's simply about trusting in ourselves that we can engage with whatever happens. And that comes with, as we've been saying, comes with practice. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. So but do you feel mean, do you feel any closer to answering the question, what is our job? What is our job? I think we've described it. Yeah. <laughs> we've certainly described it. Um, what is our job? Um We're not fixers. Can't think of a particular enablers. Enablers. That word sort of travelled from ear to ear, and I let it go out. (laughs) Um, Enablers. What are we enabling? Well, that leads me to think more and more. I'm. I have been disenchanted for some time with our profession's desire to ride upon the coattails of the medical profession. And I would much rather call myself anyway, an educator. <coughs> so teaching my clients yeah. about that. their life and themselves so they can teach themselves. And I, I am expert in some things. They are expert in who they are. Mm-hmm. Albeit that's its well with me, actually. Yeah. And so it's a lot of it. Yeah, you know, we talk about this something you and I have been doing for ninety percent of our, well, one hundred percent of our um, I work profession. Hard, yeah. <clears throat> and now this this word psychoeducation has suddenly become suddenly exactly. <laughs> when you said education, uh, you know, because people are just banding it around. I keep thinking, well, yeah, but yes, I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> exactly. And now we have a label for it. Now it's been deemed acceptable That's... and valuable. Yeah, you know. So, um, but yeah, yeah educator educator definitely sits much yeah. much. Better. I think so. Yeah. Um, um, we'll go with that. People come to me because, well, not because people come to me with a focus in their subjective world on their job or their family or survival or whatever. They haven't spent the time that you and I have spent and our students and colleagues have spent unpicking. How the world is put together, how we put the world together. Yeah. And that's what I educate. Yeah. yeah. I'm somewhat shocked in some senses about how little people know about their own bodies, their own physiology. We stopped. Yeah. When you and I went to school, we probably had, uh, and I certainly remember having grammar lessons, mm-hmm. and yeah. parsing, that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, or soon after that, it went to just express yourself. Which is, which I understand, except that language is a code. It is. And if people don't understand that code, they can't communicate to themselves or or to others. Yeah. 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 And that lack of expression using that particular code being, I guess, the major code, as it were. If people can't do it, 
that's that, a lot of that leads to frustration. Mm. Um, and so human beings being the inventive <laughs> creatures that we uh, can be, find other ways of expressing ourselves. But you need others who know that code or who understand that code. And so very much, as you said, educators, we're educating ourselves in the codes of others as well, aren't we? And our own code. And our own code, yeah. Well, yeah. People talk about emotions all the time, which sets me off a bit because to my mind, emotions are about meaning. And so I want to ask, well, yes, it's an emotion, but what does it mean by that? How are you mm. creating your world from that response? What does it mean to you that then influences or dictates possibly? What's the other thing? Yeah. 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 So bringing all that into, into awareness so that it can be either accepted, um, or other. adjusted, yeah. and then moved on. Mm. So can we, can we and should we? Well, maybe, maybe we should. Maybe educator is the simplest phrase. Simplest word to use. I think, yeah, for me, that sits much better with mm -hmm. me. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I think of my work, and there's more of that. Yeah, there's much more of that. But it, it's how we do it, isn't it? We don't. This is what to do. You know, it's it's, and I guess this is where the enabling. All we do is provide. That's it. All we do. We provide a a space, you know, an opportunity for, for people to, I guess, for them also to practice the, the, their awareness of the code. I think you're missing something out here. Maybe this is, maybe this is an issue for another, <laughs> a different mm. podcast. Mm. The majority of our profession is made up with women. And although that's correct, space and opportunity, what's missing is the acknowledgement of our own skill and experience and owning that and being proud to be expert at what we do because that's the choice that we've made to focus on these issues. Mm. And that's what we bring to our clients. I don't know if that's a, a male-female thing or a Martin thing or the idea that we actually should own that. Oh, we I think we should that. own it. We should own it. Yeah. Um. Do you not think the balance is is a bit more equal now? Balance of what? Uh, male and female in, in our profession. I think if you go to any counselling or psychotherapy training, it'll be 70 plus percent women. Okay. I'm seeing a lot more men. Mm. A lot more men. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, supervision groups, a lot more men. <laughs> and that, yeah, and that means the, the style of the profession. Maybe that's where this whole regulation thing comes from, the desire to want to describe and measure and be clear about what it is yep. that we're doing. Possibly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, oh, goodness, is highlighting, I guess, the fundamental, well, one of the differences between men and women, isn't it? Well, possibly, I raise that as a question. And is that a cultural thing? If you put a group of men and women together, or children together, to develop their own culture, mm. how would they organise themselves? 
Interesting. Nurture versus nature. Mm. Mm. <laughs> moment, I think space and opportunity and the willingness to build, to bring our expertise and skill and offer it and offer it for the client mm. is what we do. Definitely. Gosh, that was quick. <laughs> Hard to argue with that though, isn't it? I mean, once again, having, because we have gone on a, on a journey, haven't we? Mm. We have gone on a journey by asking the right question. And this is, this is, it, it is exactly the same thing in, in counselling, isn't it? You ask the right question mm. and the rest just seems to open up. Yeah. You know, they've explored a few other, you know, this and that. But essentially, what is our job? Yeah. Which was the opening question. You know, well, okay, you sit back and have a think. What is it? What, what is it I do? How do I do what I say I'm supposed to do and so on? And, you, you know, you ask yourself of that. Like, and as long as you're willing to engage with that process mm. of discovery, of digging, of investigating, regardless of what is unearthed, you know, the better you are. You know, you, okay, so, goodness, I didn't know that that was that. All right, okay, okay. That's interesting. I'm going to have to look at that again because I didn't know. Yeah. But, and then that comes down to the individual. This is where the courage, the boldness, mm. you know, and that's what you teach your client. You know, so, yeah, yeah. Definitely educator sits mm. much, much more comfortably with me. I think the other word that I would put in there, uh, you talked about challenge and people often do in, in psychotherapy training. Um, but I'd also like to put in the word curiosity, just to be curious, yeah, to be engaged, to be interested. Is that yeah. really the case? How did that yeah. come about? Without yeah. judgment. Yeah. I had a wonderful supervisor many, many years ago. Um, and he wasn't, he'd have loved this because he wasn't scared to be curious. Mm. But at the time he was, he'd had many, many years of practice um and he never you know he he never saw himself as have having arrived so for him and i think he was an octogenarian at the time he was still on that journey of practicing changing things educating himself as well as others mm. you know and willing to engage with the process you know he loved younger practitioners because he well, that's interesting, you know, and, and I think that's what a lot of us really appreciated about him. I think it was... Um, he was curious. I think it was Arthur Rubinstein at about 90 or so. He said, concert pianist. Uh -huh. He said, if I don't practice every day, I notice. If I don't practice every week, then my audience notices. Notices, exactly. 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 So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Fully agree. So... Yeah, um, and I always think, you know, I was very fortunate to, you know, certain people, you know, you can, yeah, that's great. That's great, you know, um, and how they take this on board. Mm. And we, maybe at the time they wouldn't have been able to describe. Yeah. Just the way we have done today, you know, what is our job? But they certainly did it, you know, in a way that sits very well. And I look back then, I think, oh, goodness. I could see what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and boy, they did a good job of it then because they, you know, 
and they weren't stagnant. So this dynamism that we're talking about, mm. very dynamic. Absolutely. Constantly, you know. Evolving. Yeah, yeah. You're not afraid to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Hi, why'd you do that? Uh, uh, <laughs> which is often my response. <laughs> but they hold the space. Yeah. You know, it's not just... And then they equally ask the question, why didn't you do? Yeah. yeah. You know, so they weren't worried about asking either question. And the purpose of asking the question? Uh, one, well, lots of it to get me to think. You know, there, there are options. There are, you know, get me to own, hmm. you know, get me to, well, they were educating me as well. You know, and they would ask, well, what was it like when I asked you that question? Yeah. You know, did I feel, you know, but it got me comfortable with hearing the question asked of me, mm-hmm. checking my own, oh, <laughs> okay. How, what, how do I feel about saying I don't know? Do I feel like an idiot in this group? Or if, if it's the truth, I don't know. What am I going to do with that? So I don't know. I'll ask Martin. Martin? Someone so, someone so said, uh, what do you think? Do you Somebody I mean? said that um, if education happens, then change happens, or if learning happens, then change happens. And that change can be either uh, a difference or uh, a reconsolidation uh, of our own confidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what we do. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Thank you for that. Thank you. I think we've illuminated it, if not come to a a fixed or focused other than educator answer. But I think it's as good as any and we'll do for now, I guess. Pretty good. It's a good one. Thanks for your time, Mike. Thank you very much, Martin. You have yourself a brilliant day. I'll certainly try. Um, What I'll do is... Thank you for downloading my podcast, Therapist Talking Therapy. I look forward to your company in the next podcast.